with my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Please be seated. Delighted to be here with you on this day in the season of Epiphany at the threshold of the eve of the celebration of your patron saint, Peter, as we also celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. It is always a delight to come into God's presence, especially when we are guaranteed that this message that we receive through the gospel of Jesus Christ is about renewal, is about new life, is about welcome, is about reception. I must make sure I say this out loud to those czars and czarinas of liturgy. You may be wondering what I'm doing with this stole. I'm supposed to actually wear a tippet. I'm still waiting for it. For those of you who don't know a tippet, what a tippet is, it, it, is, a, it is a black liturgical uh, stole that uh, if you get to wear with, with this outfit called Rajan and Shamir. But that you don't need to know to understand baptism. <laughs> it is what matters. We come to this day with the recognition that the gospel of Jesus Christ, especially in the season of Epiphany, is about universality. This gospel that is constantly then under threat of domestication because we have as people of faith often believed that it is only for us. I still remember that Antipathy pageant where the angel Gabriel started fighting with Mother Mary, his little children who were acting up in pageant, saying, that's my Jesus, I want this doll back. <laughs> and we often do that in our own parochial settings, thinking that somehow this Jesus who came to be born among us as one of us can be mine and not someone else's. Epiphany reminds us that this Christ is for all the same. Epiphany reminds us to look at the star. Look at the stars and even look up. It's a wonderful exercise to look up. It's very liberating. Illuminating. It actually takes you to a different place, especially away from anxiety. And the theme of looking up keeps constantly coming up in especially the story of Jesus. We are called to look up, maybe from the crash to the star, from the star to the crash. Jesus is raised up on the cross and we look up. Jesus rises from the grave, we look up. We read in our creeds that he ascended into heaven, we look up. So, this is like, you know, do you, do you get it? Can you hear me now? Can you understand me now? We are constantly being called to look at Christ who is for all, not just the Son. So the universality of the gospel becomes very, 
visually transmitted community in the season especially with vision. We are also reminded in the narrative that we heard today that there is a constant struggle that we live in between scarcity and abundance. Jesus shows up at this wedding in King of Galilee. It's interesting because his mother tells him to do something and he goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> you want me to work now? I thought I came for a party. And he tries to think about some way to rationalize this and helps understand that it wasn't his time. But as good mothers do often, they plant the seed and leave. And he somehow gets to understand that he needs to do something. There is a piece in our fabric of life that constantly dances between scarcity and abundance. And as people of faith, we are constantly being called into living in God's abundance, into God's fecundity. Because God's presence is constantly pregnant with hope, with anticipation as to what might be next. God calls you and me into that curiosity, not fear about what might be next. And there's a difference because when you're curious, you are calculating, you are thinking, you are anticipating, but you are not afraid. And the baptism of Jesus Christ calls us into that holy, secure place where we do not need to be afraid. That's why you keep hearing that refrain, especially from the angels, do not be afraid. This is good news. Do not be afraid. This is not anxiety becoming. This is good news. This is freedom, true freedom. But it comes from that place where even when things seem to be scarce, God's abundance, God's fecundity is always real. It is only the wise who can see that. And they are willing to follow a star. They are willing to change their plans when they show up at the palace and they cannot find the baby. They are willing to take another route back, totally changed. Why? Because they were secure. They knew what it meant to live into God's fecundity or God's abundance in the midst of their discernment. St. Peter's, you are being called into that experience. As individuals who follow this Christ, we are called to be in that dance with God so that we are never making our decisions out of scarcity. You and I are too good for that, too big for that. Why? Because we are children of God. You remember the story of Lion King? Have I told you this story before? I'm constantly worried if I'm, I'm repeating myself. <laughs> I'll tell it to you anyway. There must be somebody who hasn't heard this. You remember Lion King? You remember that cartoon? It's one of my favorite cartoons. It's a story of a little lion called Simba 
who is running away from himself, his pride, his everything, thinking that somehow he has done something really wrong or wrong. He thinks that somehow, by some scheme of things, he killed his father. Alright? And in this story, he's running away from everything. Everything that was about security. And while he's running away, he suddenly comes face to face with an apparition of his father, who's played by James Earl Jones. So he comes face to face with the apparition of his father, Mufasa. And, and Mufasa says, Simba. And Simba stops. <laughs> and then Mufasa says, the father says to him, Remember who you are. You are my child. No matter where you think you're running, remember you are my child. You cannot live in fear if you are God's child. Can you hear me now? Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? The baptism of Jesus Christ removes all fear. Gone. That means we live in the freedom that comes to us. That means we can embrace the fecundity of God, the pregnancy of God, the abundance of God in the midst of scarcity. Not necessarily when everything is looking hunky dory. <laughs> that is faith. True abundance comes especially in leanness. And what better time for the saints of St. Peter's to claim that for yourself. As people who are called to be about proclamation. You are called to be the rock. Built on a rock. Cephas. And we are looking to you. The diocese is looking to you. The church is looking to you. To help us figure out how to journey through these times of leanness. Finally, I want to also remind you that the story of Christ's miracle in Canaan reminds us of a versatility. Jesus, as soon as Mary says, we've got to do something about it, goes on to say, you know, what's, what's, what's this got to do with you and me? We came here for a party, they ran out of wine. Why is that our problem? And then he thinks about it. Because it is our problem. As one theologian said, if my body is feeling hunger, that is a material problem. But if my neighbor is feeling hungry, that is my spiritual problem. <laughs> that becomes my problem. Why? Because he or she is God's beloved too. Not just me. It's not just me and my Jesus. <laughs> us figuring out how to be Christ's body in our world today. So that means we are called to be versatile. We are called to be agile. And agile, agility is about figuring out when to be flexible. Are you hearing me? To be flexible is about being wise. As the Magi were. That they were able to change their GPS. <laughs> when they got some more information. They were able to recalculate. <laughs> what does that mean to you as a 
saints of St. Peter's. How are you recalculating? How are you rebooting your system? What does that mean? How agile are you? One of my favorite stories is from Anthony DeMello, who tells the story of a little girl who had a turtle, a pet turtle. And this turtle was her favorite and used to be in the pond in the back of the house. And one day she found the turtle belly up, heartbroken, goes back to the family, and the family is heartbroken. They decide to give this turtle a good burial. And so they all process, I guess they were good Episcopalians, to the shore. They picked up a nice uh, shoebox and lined it up with velvet, and they were going to give Mr. T a good burial. Only to find that Mr. T was not on the shore anymore. So they were all a little disappointed, and they were looking around. The little girl suddenly spots Mr. T happily or merrily swimming around. And she says, Daddy, let's kill it. Yeah. <laughs> Are we willing to change our path? Is there agility in us? Jesus was able to change his path. It wasn't his time. Not my time, Mom. Then he thought about it. They needed a celebration. They were out of wine. It was time for a miracle. Do you believe in miracles? I used to have some questions about it, but I've reached that phase in my life and I don't believe in miracles anymore. I depend on them. <laughs> Ask my wife. <laughs> we are called into a journey, but it takes all of us. It takes every one of us to make this journey the meaningful one it can be. That's why when we come to the Eucharistic table, it doesn't matter where we are coming from, it's where we are going after that. You and I are called to be that kind of people. We are called to be following this Christ like the Magi followed the star. We are called to be versatile in using our gifts, whatever the gifts are. We are called to be agile. Let me close with these words from some saint somewhere who wrote this this way. The church had four members or four members of the church who were called everybody, somebody, anybody and nobody. The church had financial problems. And everybody was asked to help. Everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it. But you know who did it? <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody did a fine job. <laughs> then the church grounds needed someone. And somebody was asked to help. Somebody was angry about it. Because anybody could have done it. And after all, it was everybody's job. In the end, it was left to nobody. And nobody did a fine job again. On and on this went. Every, every time something had, had to be done, nobody could always be counted on. Nobody visited the sick. Nobody cared about the poor. Nobody shared the faith. Nobody gave liberally. 
In fact, nobody was a very faithful member. And then one day, somebody decided to leave the church and took anybody and everybody with him. Guess who was left? Now thank God that's funny. <laughs> funny everywhere, unfortunately. And you as the saints who have been called to be faithful ministers of the gospel of Christ are being challenged in these scarce times as to how you can live in God's abundance. God is calling you. As God called Peter, as God called Martin Luther King Jr. And God is calling you 